0: welcome my name is tracy stevens and this is the healing point podcast so welcome it's really great to have you here and the floor is yours what would you like to talk about or inquire about today
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Thank you. First, I just wanted to say thank you so much for this opportunity, such a unique opportunity to be able to do this. So I'm very grateful. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I have eczema on my hands on the, um, like on the outside, my, not the palms, but the outside of my hands. And I've had eczema, um, or I think it's eczema since I was like in my early teens. And it started off with just a couple of little tiny little points. And then from now, like but now like it's on both, both hands, tiny little red bumps that are quite, can be quite itchy and irritated. And sometimes it's weepy if I scratch like a lot, but not usually weepy or open, but it is extremely uncomfortable. And when I was younger, I was prescribed um, topical steroids, like a hydrocortisone cream for it. Pretty strong ones. Doesn't always heal very well. So it's I've used some really strong ones. For the last 10 years, I've used pharmaceutical called Protopic, which apparently is not a steroid, but I am noticing that if I don't use it, it comes back and it comes back with a vengeance. So, kind of like a steroid in that sense. And yeah, I've just noticed like it just, it's getting worse and worse over the years rather than getting better. Um, Occasionally it'll disappear and it'll disappear completely when I'm on antibiotics right and it'll heal and it'll be good for about a month or two sometimes red light therapy will help but not lately it did help when I first tried it but not now and that's all I can really think of okay and sorry I don't know if you
0: said it at the beginning I've forgotten that. what what age did it start pretty young
1: so probably when I was an early teenager
0: Right. So and it just started as just something small and it was just itchy then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just got more aggressive as it's as you got older.
1: Uh when I first got it, I had it all over my body. Did you? Yeah. Now that I'm remembering, um, I did go see a dermatologist and I did take some very heavy medications for it. It's never really come back on anywhere else on my body. Like occasionally I'll get a spot here or there and just a teeny tiny little bit of cream will take care of it and it won't pop back up but on my hand it never healed
0: but your hands never healed okay so you were an early teenager and then this this came up and um did it I don't know if you can remember so I'm just gonna we're just gonna dive into your memory banks um did you have to take time off school no I never did Can you remember anything else about that time? Was it like a time when you, I don't know, maybe started periods or started a new school or I don't know, anything else that you can think of around that time?
1: It was after I started my period. Like my periods probably started when I was about 10. So that's fairly early. This was probably when I was about, I'm going to say 13. I was, I'm going to say it was around grade seven. So, a transition from elementary school to high school. Uh, there was lots of turmoil at home. My parents had to sell her family home because of finances, and we moved into my aunt's home. So, lots of rocky ups and downs financially for the family. How did that affect you? I knew way too much for a child that age, uh, there were no filters. Mm. with my parents I was a really really quiet kid so I was just kind of there and probably not even noticeable yes so yeah so I knew I knew way too much like I remember I have very vivid memory of my dad coming home in my previous home my first home and telling mom not to buy groceries because there was only a hundred dollars left in the bank so there were some pretty hard times I would say like do we make it through yeah was there always food yes but nothing extra yeah and so, you know,
0: hearing you're you're a child in that situation, hearing this these conversations, can you remember how that made you feel? You know, what was the sort of uh, underlying feelings?
1: Yeah, probably quite scary. Yeah, I've always been a very anxious child. Like my first memories of being here on earth is just being very quiet and being very observant and just kind of going what is going on in this world kind of trying to make sense but very quiet
0: yes so and there was fear there as well you said so there was it was quite scary it was you know I can imagine that it was quite a scary thing for a child to feel when they're you know and hear the parents saying because it's like well what's going to happen to me what's going to happen you know, are we going to stay in the house? Are we, am I going to have to leave my school? Am I, you know, all those sort of questions. Yeah. Does that sound familiar? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Just to get a like um, even deeper picture, how, how were your parents reacting? You know, what were you picking up on? What was going on emotionally in that environment?
1: I think they were quite stressed. They've also, there's also been a lot of marital conflict between the two of them there is was an arranged marriage and probably not the best match for one another and there was some outside interference from from other extended family members as well so yeah not a great situation on many respects yeah right quite
0: quite a lot going on emotionally in that environment and you said you were a quiet child so how did you cope with your childhood or your teen you know early teens how did you cope
1: what did you do I was a reader. I'm a very, I, at least I used to be, I, I was a very, very fast reader. I could read a book in a day. And uh, okay, I remember like mom going to work like 5.30 in the morning and I would turn my bedroom light on and start reading until I had to go to school. Like I was that kid. And what sort of books did you read out of interest? At that age, I was probably reading like Nancy Drew. Right. Like, yeah. Murder mystery
0: type detective sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like working stuff out. Yeah. So then, so that rash came up all over your body. Can you interpret that now as to what what that might have been a reaction to at that time?
1: Me releasing the fear or or the anxiety.
0: Yeah. Maybe a build up of emotional energy inside of you, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Was there any other emotion that was present for you? Do you think?
1: I don't think so. Mostly fear and anxiety.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that came up all over your body, but then it subsided and then it just was there on the, on the back of your hands and it just, and it just stayed there. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? Because the steroid creams and stuff, you know, this quite typical actually is they'll push that down, but then stop using the cream and boing, back they come. Yeah. So would it make sense to you that the creams are only just, they're only pushing down? Yeah. And whatever's inside of you is wanting to still come out.
1: It does. It's just stuck, like, because it's so uncomfortable that I have no choice of, like, that I desperately need to use these at this point. Otherwise it's
0: unbearable. And I'm not saying don't use them. I'm just, just, just to be clear, I don't want you to think that I'm saying don't use them. All I'm saying is that there's, it's like there's some. It, it's just like I don't know. It's just like pushing, pushing something down that wants to really make a noise, <laughs> and you're trying to you're trying to muffle it. Um, that's what steroids, the, you know, very often tend to do. They don't actually get rid of anything. They're only just sort of containing it or controlling it at the time. But it t- typically, whatever's going on in the body just gets gets sort of almost stronger.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Have
0: you noticed times when, when your rash gets more itchy is, have you noticed any, any um, relationship between like the itchiness and say your cycle or itchiness and stress?
1: Yeah, definitely with stress. So for example, work has been very, very, very challenging and stressful these last six months. And my hands have been just out of control since last summer. Um, But Funny enough, like I've been on spring break for these last this last week. I'm on to my second week. And on the first day or two of spring break, I had to use a little bit of cream. And normally I would use it for the next two or three days to kind of like just totally make it subside. And then I get like a little bit of a reprieve for a week or so in between. And um, I only used it once, and it was enough for me to have a little bit of. It didn't go away completely like there was still a little bit there, but it wasn't bad. So I stopped using it and I actually got like a good week and it's starting to kind of push back up. But I could probably still go another couple of days if I really wanted to.
0: So why do you think why do you think it might be pushing back up now? What's happening inside of you?
1: Um, I actually have some work to do before I go back to work. So and I've been pushing that off. I'll do it. Okay, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow, or in today's day, (laughs) Um, or at least that's my intention. Is I need to get this done.
0: Yeah. So you've got something that you've got to do. That is it. Something that you really want to do, or is it something that you have to do and you don't really want to
1: do? Good question. I would love to do this project if I had a different boss. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think this work is very, very exciting. If I was allowed to be collaborative in this approach, because it's a document that many different lenses, many different people's perspectives would really benefit from, but I'm not allowed to do that. There's been a lot of issues with this boss, right? That's a whole different story.
0: Well, it may be a whole different story, but I think it's still connected. Okay. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not suggesting we don't need to go into the details, but the the point is, is that there's somebody stressful, uh, somebody that you find stressful in in the in your work environment to work with so you're saying I haven't got free rein to do what I want to do with this project yeah so in effect how you want to run the project is being contained or controlled by an outside force correct which makes you feel like what stifled kind of Let's talk more about that. So, yeah, so stifled, what other words might you use when you're uh, in this situation?
1: The underlying um, emotion there really is anger. Yeah, It's anger because I I know that about myself. is like I don't like to be told what to do and when to do it. That really goes against my own nature. And I'm a really hard worker, and I have no problem meeting the goals of a project. If you tell me this is what you want, No problem, I will get there, but I just need to get there in my own process, in my own creative way of getting there. I would say the underlying emotion there is anger.
0: Yeah, and it's really frustrating dealing with somebody who is trying to control what you're doing, stifling your your creativity or your flow. So let's just hold that in, in sort of one side. The work that you've got to do today or you need to do today, I think you said. And you said it'd be all right to do it if it wasn't for the people that you were or the boss that you're working with. What is it about this work that you've got to do that it creates that, that sort of conflict?
1: It's, um, she's very critical. She's very unclear with what the expectations are. So what's your thought process then in terms of doing
0: the work that you need to do today? Are you expecting a criticism back?
1: I am. And it makes me want to shield myself. Like, I don't really want to hear what she has to say. And it's, which is terrible because she's, she does have some valid points. It's just, um, she's a micromanager who doesn't really clearly explain um, or articulate what the end goal is. And so therefore you miss the mark and can be quite critical.
0: Yeah. So I get what you're saying there. And and so, so you know that you've got to do some work. But the chances are that you'll get something, you'll get a criticism back and maybe have to do it again or do something or change something. Yeah. How familiar is this feeling to you of feeling frustrated or stifled?
1: Of my childhood, very much. Yeah. Of my career leading up to this point these last few years, I don't think so. Like I've had some pretty outstanding supervisors who've allowed me to do my role, who've acknowledged my contributions. Yeah, I was just looking at these repeated patterns. Is it starting to
0: make sense to you? Yeah, it does. There may live in you an expectation of being criticised. How how does that sound to you?
1: That's interesting. Um, May live in me an expectation of being criticised. Yeah, I think that, that feels true. And so a child or an adult
0: that feels criticised, you know, what do we do? What's, what's our reaction? We tend to shield ourselves. Yeah, exactly. We have to defend, don't we? We're prepared to defend. And it just makes me think of the back of your hands and like shielding your, putting your arms across your body and shielding, you know, with that, with that back of your hands, like facing the, uh, the person. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah I'd never thought of my hands as being a shield, but yes, yeah it's
0: very interesting as a metaphor, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: when we think of when you think of redness and you think of you know it like the the emotion that you associate with it is usually anger, anger, yeah, and an itchiness, it's an irritation, there's an irritation a, there's a constant irritation, yeah. I'm wondering if, given that we, you know, that we're sort of moving towards this idea of this, the root cause of this rash, maybe be to do with this defending, our, defending yourself against being, you know, maybe a criticism. So there's a, an automatic sort of tightening and a, and an anger. Yeah. There. I'm wondering if you might be moving through the world with that expectation you know like always in a slight defense just in case always with a shield yeah when you meet new people or you do new things or yes that's very true
1: very very quiet observant in every single new situation takes me a long time to really trust people yeah that makes sense
0: and trust people in order to feel safe. This is really brilliant because we're we're really, you know, delving into the root here. What was it like for you or what has it been like in your life in terms of expressing your anger or displeasure or frustration? Is it something that you express?
1: Good question. No, I generally don't. That's interesting. How do I explain that? I think one, I live in my head, so I am very good at rationalizing and understanding why I feel the way I do without really feeling the feeling.
0: Yeah. Or releasing the emotion. Yeah. What do you think you do with that anger? How do you hold it in your body? You know, if you've had a day where you've had an interaction with your boss and it's you know, you felt frustrated and stifled. And what, what do you do with that
1: emotion then? Not a lot. Not a lot. This has been very, very exhausting um, emotionally and physically this year. It's been a really, really rough ride. I've got one really good friend who's been along the ride uh, with me. And there's been times where I've talked to her five nights a week right before, you know, at the end of the day, how are you doing? And we've kind of talked things out, who's a great confidant and has been for many, many years, but that's it, okay,
0: yeah, so how does your body feel in those on those sort of days,
1: exhausted, just really, really heavy, tired, yeah, like no energy,
0: yes, so yeah, completely so drained in that as well in that in that environment,
1: yeah, and do you find
0: that you're going around in your head? with thoughts of what uh, you know the re- rethinking um like conversations and mm-hmm. wondering how you're going to handle it tomorrow or
1: yeah for sure for the first 3 months i just kept saying think- thinking to myself like what is happening like what is going on because it was just so so bizarre and so aggressive her behavior and i didn't say anything other than to the one friend for many months for months um i really try to just kind of be a good little employee and to hang on um, and not rock the boat. Um, And it wasn't until just before the holidays of winter holidays um, that I really began to use my voice and to advocate for myself. And how was that? Super scary. And it turned out that there was other people who were in similar situations who also started speaking up around the same time. And that's prompted some action from the board which has been good because it's put in some boundaries but that fear of like at any point that behavior can revert back to what it can be what it was is always still very much present and what do you
0: think about that fear where do you think that fear comes from
1: From previous experiences of having seen that where she switched on a dime
0: yeah. So so there's this expectation that maybe she might do that, that she might do that again and that it might be difficult. Yeah. But let's just think about that for a moment. You're a, you're an adult and you put your boundary down at some point you've managed to, you know, and other people have spoken the truth. And yet there's still the fear there that it might happen again. Mm hmm. So do you think that fear is coming from your adult self or do you think it might be coming from an un a child self where she had no control over a situation
1: as a child
0: Yeah that's what that's that's what I was just really interested in because very often our child selves are, are really coming up to monitor our adult behavior <laughs> because they're very fearful they're fearful of having you know of of like losing everything. If maybe that was the that's the right words for you. I'm not sure.
1: Yes. Okay. You just hit. You just you just nailed it right there. Right. Fearful of losing everything. Is that is that what you said? Yeah. That rings very true. Because I worked really hard to get this promotion. Seven years. Well, 20, 20 years for the last seven really to get to to this, and it really felt like it, she was. Taken out my career, like she was going after my reputation and really trying to paint a picture that I was incompetent. Right, and I'm somebody who has really dedicated her life to her career. So this is, if you had asked me a year ago, like what do you value the most, I would have said my career.
0: Right, really interesting, isn't it? Isn't it interesting the mirror as well, like your parents losing everything and
1: oh uh, yeah.
0: And then there you are, you know, you're fearing losing everything in that. Is it true that this woman, uh, this boss, could could actually um, create that? Or is it not true?
1: It was the truth because I heard from some other folks that she had said some fairly, she was painting a picture amongst some senior management that um, perhaps I was not competent of this role and therefore she didn't want me in this role, etc., So that was all true. Using my voice to really shed light on what was truly happening really helped to put in the boundary of she was no longer able to go after that piece of me, but she was able to still impact the daily stuff. Right. Okay. And so maybe
0: now we're having had this conversation, we can close this hole for you that seems to be pulling this sort of energy towards you because it, there's a repeating pattern here there's a repeating pattern of what happened with your parents there's this underlying fear of losing everything which is almost what brings this scenario here's your potential you could lose everything the fear manifests the thing as it were so i'm going to just invite you now just to look at there's a part of you that is is running on a program inside of you that is from that child and then there's you as an adult that is much more powerful but there is a a part of you that's the child that a child has no say and no power and no control in her situation do you you get that yeah Mm -hmm. and so what often happens is the, the part that's running your nervous system is the child part okay so she's getting angry she's getting defensive there's a defense there's an expectation there's a shielding I need to shield myself all that part is related to that to that child part, as the adult and as the adult you, looking at this whole situation, can you feel your internal power and your ability to ride this through and to speak your voice and to finish the project?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get through this. We've only got another three months, and then hopefully there'll be some pretty big shifts of either me moving to a different department or she will no longer be running the department.
0: Yeah. And so your best case scenario for this, then what is your best case scenario? if, If just take out all the personalities, how would you like to see the next three months play out
1: in an ideal world? I would love for there to be some collegial relationships, which are collaborative and supportive Yeah, and just simply kind, but genuinely kind.
0: Yeah. So now you've got that picture and you might imagine at least a little part of it, maybe not the whole part of it, but a part of it that could work, you know, like with your, with the colleagues that you are working with, that there's more kindness and that maybe, maybe, who knows, your boss may change, maybe she won't. But really, if you can hold the vibration of kindness and cooperation, in your body, in yourself, as you walk into work and as you do the work, without the expectation of things going bad. It's almost like without, you know, let us I mean, this will take a bit of practice, but it's letting the shield down. Whatever happens, happens. And she can say whatever she likes, but she's not going to damage you now because you're, um, you're undamageable. You're the adult, you're creating this work. the work is good, you've spoken out. How does how's this standing?
1: <laughs> Honestly, very scary.
0: Really? It does. Is it easier to go in with the shield up and the expectation of it all being difficult than it is to sort of go in
1: with the expectation of, of kindness and collaboration? You know what it feels like is if I put my hands down, my heart is exposed
0: wow that's a beautiful profound thing you just said there
1: and that's going to hurt way more than my hands taking a hit
0: ah and that might be something that you just need to do in stages and or just take your time with and just hold the thought what it what it would be like to just walk through the world with just an internal sort of power and steadiness And it doesn't matter what anyone else says, because actually, I don't even need my hands to shield me because I know who I am. Nobody else can tell me who I am. You can criticize all you like, but I know who I am.
1: Yeah, I think what I need to start doing is um, I do a grounding practice pretty much every morning. And I think I need to put in an intention there and letting myself know that it's okay to put my hands down. Yeah, you know, I often well, not often, but I will ask every day for divine light to be protecting me, and so that's that's enough. That doesn't mean I need to put my hands up. No, and that divine light is inside of you anyway. Mm-hmm.
0: It's there. You like you don't you don't even need it to protect you because it's there inside of you. If you if you see what I mean, it's integral to who you are. It's integral to your soul. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a process of releasing your nervous system and your inner child from holding the shield up. It's a process. It's a process of reparenting the inner the child that needed to defend herself and be prepared for the worst case scenario all the time.
1: Yeah, and the funny thing is, I think that's what's really made me good at my job. These last... 20 years is always being prepared for the worst case scenario and having thought about each and every different scenario and having a response ready for each and every single one.
0: Yeah, I mean that's super that's that's like super controlled, isn't it? Yeah. And super defensive. Yeah. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Wow. Um the only other thing that I just wanted to add in was that your skin of course is a boundary. And it's showing, it's showing when your boundaries have been crossed. And the other thing is, is that you're so sensitive. You know, the quiet little girl that used to read? Yeah. Just because you're quiet is often more of a sign of how sensitive you are to what's going on around you and what your environment is. So it's a sign of sensitivity. In suppressing and putting, in putting the, you know, metaphorically in terms of putting the creams on, you're suppressing the sensitivity, the sensitive side that wants to express herself and express the boundary, and so it's coming up even more. But I think as you gradually start to release those defences and let your hands down, then the, you know, the rash will disperse. But it might take a bit of time just getting used to that idea, even.
1: Okay. Thank you helpful very helpful yeah brilliant yeah that was amazing thanks for listening
0: if you enjoyed this you'll find a lot more content on my Instagram account at thehealingpoint.underscore if you have a question you'd like to explore and are willing to take part in the podcast you'll find all the information you need on my website which is www.tracystevens.org slash podcast thanks and see you soon